Well, I actually have arthritis. I've had it since I was 16. So I've had, um, in the region of 20 operations on my legs, I've had artificial joints. One of my artificial joints, I'd worn it out and I've had to have it replaced. Um, my condition will never get any better. If anything, it'll get worse. Bear with me two minutes, and then I'll just go and do a light reading before we knock a Polaroid off. Just getting the old lipstick out, we'll just have a little touch-up. Well, I suppose it's quite flattering in a way that people actually want to take your picture and use it in uh, brochures and things. I mean, it's rather nice, isn't it? It's just, you know, I thought it was only young things that had their pictures taken. <laughs> Not mothers of two who were disabled. But really, it doesn't matter, well, does it? There's all, all manner of products that need selling, and there's all manner of people. That's right. And you need to do the job. But I think you always associate it with young people, though, don't you? Well, I, you know, I always have done. I mean, I'd never even thought about it until I was asked to send some pictures into Louise because I, was, I did a brochure for a disabled washing area. That was in September, and the company was so pleased with the brochure that I was asked to send in some pictures to Louise. And, uh, as I say, I met Louise in December, and it's gone from there, really. Fits in nicely with the children. That's it. Drop your chin down just a fraction. There you go. It's changed my life in as much as I feel as if I've got... I can do a job as well as anybody else can do. Being a disabled person, it's very hard to find sort of jobs as such, whereas this is lovely because if you have a good day, it's great, but you're not committed. It's not a five-day thing. I might get one job in, in a month or two jobs in, in three months, and it's quite nice with a condition <coughs> like mine when one day you're good and one day you're bad. You haven't got that terrible commitment of knowing you've got to be out at work nine till five, so this is ideal for me because it's given me purpose, really. It's, it's fun. It's an adventure. Oh, I've got the blink. I'm sure there's physics here that no one ever understands that people blinking sets up a chain reaction that triggers the photographer's finger. I mean, you get a little bit nervous, I suppose, a little bit apprehensive that you, you hope that you've put the right clothes on, done your hair right, put your makeup on right. But apart from that, you can only do your best, can't you, really? Yeah, about there. That's about great. There. That's good. Yeah, fine. OK. Smiling. Yeah, fine, yeah. Just twist your head slightly to the uh, left, Melly, so I can see the other ear... No, the other way, so I can see the other earring. That's it, yeah. No, too far. Go back the other way a bit and drop your chin down a bit as well. There we go. We've put a series of images of, of bits of equipment together, some of which the, those couple of pieces of equipment might be people. Where we get the props and the people from are immaterial as long as we get the job done because someone's paying me to do this. And if the picture doesn't look good, I'm not going to get paid. And I want to get paid. Looking through the camera, Melanie doesn't look any different from anyone I've ever looked through the lens at ever before. But Over the years that I've been disabled, you look through many magazines or brochures and you see shoots that have been done using able-bodied people. And it's quite obvious to a disabled person that they are not disabled. With a disabled person, you can't wear high heels. You, you sit very differently. Your, your needs are very different. And I think it's wonderful that at long last, like with everything, that industries are realising that why shouldn't they use disabled models? I mean, I suppose we should have asked the question as professionals, but we never did, that, you know, are disabled people available as models? Obviously, Louise at uh, Louise Dyson's has uh, seen that eventuality. And, and, and now we have in the studio Melanie that, you know, doing, doing the job, doing the business for me. For the first 20 years of running an agency, no one had ever asked us for a disabled model and no disabled people had approached us and, and expressed a wish to model. So it hadn't even crossed my mind that we should be using genuine disabled people when we were advertising perhaps mobility equipment until a couple of years ago when one of our clients, Sunrise Medical, who manufacture wheelchairs and various other things, asked us if they could book genuinely disabled people um, to model their products. And we didn't have any. 
they had the bright idea of organising a competition to find people with potential to model successfully, but also people who, who had disabilities. And we had the most fantastic response. We had more than 600 people who responded to the competition. And the standard was very high indeed. We whittled them down to, I think, 16 finalists, two winners. But of all of the people who entered the competition, we had masses of people who really looked as if they had the potential to model. So we actually took on quite a few more than just the 16. And we've had a very good response from advertisers. Right, Guy. If you look at these transparencies, you'll see that you look absolutely great on them. You really do. You've got exactly the right look. The one thing that needs to improve very slightly is that we need you to look as if you've got a slightly healthy tan. Right. Not much of a tan. We don't want you to look mahogany. We just want you to have a bit of a healthy glow. I think it would be a good idea if you can rope your girlfriend into giving you a bit of advice on makeup. Oh, she'll love that. <laughs> she likes that, yeah. Um, I've done a charity, you know, photographic shoot for Friends of the Animals, where basically I just wore Friends of the Animals T-shirts, you know, to go on posters and booklets. I, I got up, got ready, had a shower, chose some clothes I was going to take with me, then went to the studio. And first of all, I started to watch the cricket, the first test match against the West Indies, whilst the uh, photographer was setting up the lights, setting up the background. Then we had, you know, a cup of tea, and the model came in, and I had a quick shot with the model because I hadn't met her before. And then we were discussing which T-shirts we were going to wear. So I chose my shirt, then chose my appropriate trousers, when it got changed, came back out. And by this time the photographer got everything ready. And we went on to the, you know, the studio, went on to you know, where we're going to take the photos taken. And we were just, for about the first 10 minutes, we were moving around, trying to find out which position we liked the best and which we, you know, we felt more natural in. So we were doing that. And then we just took the photos, and the photos took about half an hour, where he took, I think, I think it was about 30 photos with different lights, different positions. Then we swapped T-shirts to find which ones we liked the best. And each time he was checking the photos. The other thing that um, is very important is that your hair looks absolutely perfect on every shot. Mm -hmm. And it usually looks pretty good, but it's your responsibility to make sure that it looks perfect, not the photographer's. So if you've got a stray hair across your face, it's very important that you have checked in the mirror and made sure that you're looking immaculate. It's, it's only down to you to do that. Okay. I like this one on the left. I think that's the best one. The one on the right, you can't really see my face that much because I'm a bit, a bit of a tilt to the left, but I think that one's the best one on, on there. That's quite a nice one. The main problem is access, you know, because I'm a wheelchair user. Basically, if we're going to a studio or into a building and he's trying to find out whether I can get in there or not. But um, we find most places are fine, you know, studios-wise, because they're quite flat and they're quite big, so it's not a problem getting around. You know, work for disabled models is increasing because of companies wanting models for, you know, P&O phase or for Tesco's you know, where it requires a disabled model on the picture or poster or video. So work like that is increasing, which is, which is good. The models should be judged on their merits, you know, for the face or strength or hair colour or, you know, tan or eye colour, and not just their physical disability. I think that should be the last thing when a company's looking for, you know, a model. I don't think I'm any different to anybody else. The fact that I have to sit down, you know, when I'm getting myself ready or putting my makeup on or things like that, and the fact that I'm in a wheelchair, no, I don't feel any different, and, and I don't see as I should be treated any differently, really. You're actually made to feel attractive, really, because a lot of disabled people feel that they're not attractive. And, uh, and I think it's very important that, yes, you're just as attractive, even though the fact that you might be sitting in a wheelchair shouldn't detract from anything. I mean, you're still just, you know, a normal woman or whatever, and, and why shouldn't you be sort of made to feel, yes, that's, that's nice, you're wearing nice clothes, you've bothered with your makeup and your hair. And so I think it's important. 
As far as disabled models are concerned, I think that the fashion industry are going to recognise that six million disabled people in this country buy clothes like everyone else, and they would be rather foolish to ignore them. So I think that disabled models are undoubtedly here to stay. I've got absolutely no doubt about that at all. It's, it's simply a matter of how soon we see disabled models in all advertising.